Welcome to episode number 15 of the Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Roy Colin. And in this episode, I spoke with Eric Eklund, who's an international speaker and has also lived in nine countries. So you will find some fantastic information that he has shared with us. As always, if you like what you're listening to, please share. Every episode is different, so if you like this episode and it's your first one, you can go back to the start and listen to all the different episodes. Um, We would like if you could give us a positive review in iTunes or whatever platform that you listen to. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Speaking Podcast, and our website is speakingpodcast.com. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, this is uh, Roy Collin of the Speaking Podcast, and today I'm with Eric Eklund, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric is coming uh, from Barcelona, beautiful warm weather, to beautiful minus eight or minus nine degrees last night, because he's uh, we're having a birthday party with one of the clubs, and he's the guest speaker, so please welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Amazing weather. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd have to tie you out before. <laughs> yeah. So, um, first of all, I normally start with uh, kind of tell us your journey from when you were younger, how you got from to a speaking person. How? <laughs> you well, know, like from being really nervous, or were you ever? Because sometimes people are just confident from a young age. Okay. Um, the general here is um, speaking is actually more than talk, like talking. Like I'm having a talk with you right now, and my main argument when I'm talking to people is. And try to think of it as you're talking with them. And instead of, even, like I said, I talk to them when I'm standing up there, I'm actually trying to see myself as in, I'm having a conversation with you. I'm not standing there to tell you something. And from me to you, you're supposed to listen only. And that makes it much more easy for myself to see the conversation as in, I'm asking you a question, I have a response from you, and then I can work on that response. Uh, of course, here comes the trick of knowing in, be- in beforehand what you're going to ask, so you can kind of assume what yeah. answers will come, right? Yeah. I see that many times that people ask a question, and then they get an answer coming back, and they go, uh, yeah. all right, that's not helping, obviously. So yeah. spending some time um, at first trying to figure out what the answers might be, what's the purpose of the question at first. Yeah. But uh, the whole thing... How it started with me was speak with people, speak with them, speak with them as you are in their shoes. Meeting a lot of people working in the hotel industry has taught me that. In the cruise line industry, on front of stages, entertainment is very much being with the audience, right? Warming them up and making them feel that they are part of something rather than, you know, observing something. They are from the they are on the outside. And I'm the inside. That's maybe why public speaking is very fearful because we are seeing it as we are being viewed. We are. We are also being judged. We are by others. But as long as we, I mean, we go to the supermarket. We're speaking to the cashier. We are going to the train station. We have to pick up a train ticket or anything, and we don't have any problem really speaking with a stranger. So why make this as a problem? And you, like you said like you were into entertainment industry. Were you, yes. what, what exactly did that entail? I started as a dancer in my life. So dancing and stage presence has truly helped me out to get the head in the speaking industry. This made me feel comfortable of 
being in front of other people, the way I look, and learning all these tricks and techniques of when you're on stage, you think that people will look at you how you look a lot, but they don't. If you can say something that's truly come across as like wow, like inspiring and and you know entertaining, he makes you laugh. When you're watching somebody um, do a comedy show, you mentioned that before, or you're watching a speaker who's really good and something great to deliver, what's the color of his shoes? What's the brand of his belt? Or what's her hair color? Or how's her uh, jewelry looking? You don't really pay attention to it because all that energy that you give out through your body language, your voice, and your thoughts, it takes over. Mm-hmm. And that I learned as a, uh, in the entertainment industry, but also in the, as an entertainer, you learn how to get your message across and how to get into the minds of the people. Very good, very good. And was it always like that for you? When did you, oh. no, when, when did you figure out, because like I realized that as well, and I, I feel like speaking from the heart is kind of the main yeah. thing, that you're having a conversation, that's the way I do. But like, for you, where, <laughs> where where was the click point? Because I know a lot of people, they're sitting on their chair, they're afraid to go to a meeting, yeah. they're afraid to talk and... I can't uh, pinpoint one click point when I'm going from, ooh, I don't like it, to, ah, oh, I love it. I must say this, it's freaking scary many times today to stand up on a stage. When I'm called into a country where I don't know anybody, I don't get any information about the audience, I don't know anything, but I know myself and what I'm supposed to talk about, I'm still scared. Here's the thing though. I remember my mom and dad telling me, stop pushing your little brother up front when we were going knocking doors and selling cookies as scouts or, you know, mm. doing his thing to me, a little boy. And I remember mom and dad saying, stop pushing your brother first. You have to start speaking to people. Because at that time, I was very, uh, I was very shy. And then slowly but surely because of that pressure, and then also, okay, I have to sell my cookies. I will have to talk to people. I had to push myself a little bit forward and a little bit more forward and a little bit more forward. So it's, you know, successively became better. Mm-hmm. I still remember the first time I was supposed to go on stage doing some dance show. I think the click came when I realized just focus on yourself like what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to give the dance. Mm. I was not supposed to care about what they think about the dance. The same thing came, I remember last year, even when I was giving a speech, and the words of someone said, Eric, you are good, but you could so be so much better. There's something holding you back. And it stuck in my mind. And I went to one of those coaching seminars where it was all about believing yourself. Every person on this planet makes decisions based on emotions. But the probability that the, that the majority of these people will like you is slim. So don't even care about it. And once I realized that, this thing was just like, eh, I don't care anymore. Then it changed a lot. Excellent. Very good. No, because I think a lot of people, 
you know, even if they make a mistake on stage, they're beating themselves up. They mm-hmm. think people are going home having spending their day talking about you being on stage. Oh, yeah. They will never talk about it again. They probably never think about it again. Never. The only person reliving that <clears throat> moment a hundred times is you. Yeah. And you need to throw that away. That, uh, the, uh, you had a very good point there with criticizing yourself. You sometimes, I mean, say speak about me, I am, have been very good at being a perfectionist. I've been very good at that. <laughs> so as soon as, if I planned something out and then it didn't work out exactly as I wanted it to work out like, then I walk off that stage or I walk home and be like, oh my God, I didn't say that. That's so stupid of me. What did you really think? And I'm asking, I, I can ask for feedback. Mm. And I'm asking, okay, so what did you think about when I was saying X or Y? And they, the feedback so many times, oh, it was good. Yeah, but because I'm already biased in my brain, mm. because I'm looking for something here. I just don't ask, for instance, how was this speech this time? It's just a very broad question. Now they have to define what they liked or did like without me pinpointing something to the PowerPoint, the microphone, the question I asked, anything. Yeah. So th- when I learned to stop criticizing myself, things got a lot better. And I think uh, some people, they'll start the speech saying, I'm extremely nervous, I'm not good at public speaking or whatever. And then they'll get, they might give, deliver a good speech or even a very good message, you can tell they're nervous, but they won't accept the applause because they think you're yeah. being sympathetic. Yeah, accepting praise is yeah. a big one. Even like, some people were like, hey, great shirt, right? Where did you buy it? People went... The, they can say that to me sometimes they go oh, stop it it's from H&M you know and you cannot try to denote yourself and justify yourself to not have such a good chart but that's a, just a metaphor for that's the same thing when you do something when you speak the same thing oh that's such a great speech oh stop it that's nothing but hey it was right they thought it was okay thank you so much I'm humble helps a lot <laughs> there's, one, there's one guy mentioned that uh, he actually puts on Evernote all the praise he gets because we yeah. tend to do the opposite and just yeah. and then he looks at that and that gives him the confidence of actually you know I have a I have a OneNote full of uh, feedback from I get them on Facebook Instagram LinkedIn you know just a feedback that I get even person to person I write them down as well mm. so when I'm doubting myself or having just a period in my life when I'm not feeling that well I go back and I read what they said and that's so powerful if I can allow myself of course to accept that yes definitely mm-hmm. other than that then there is uh, it's not really going to happen but I also hear this many times people telling me oh no I'm not that good now I'm gonna talk about this boring topic well if you tell yourself that this is a boring topic the probability that your talk, whatever you about to do, a presentation here about that topic will be boring, is high. Mm. You already told yourself it's boring, so okay, it's gonna be boring, yeah. <laughs> right? Or if you're like, oh my god, I'm, I'm not good at speaking, but I have to do it anymore, and you stand up subconsciously knowing that you're a bad speaker because you have told yourself that, yeah, you would most probably be quite bad or okay-ish speaker then. So just get rid of all them. Like tip, really. Start first by listing all those uh, words that you say to yourself, and burn the paper. Exactly. Exactly. It's not gonna happen anymore. 
uh, on Wednesday I had a speech and the girl that was evaluating me asked me to send the stuff and what I had said it was like a three or four minute speech which isn't typical because normally they're five to seven okay. and it was a social speech I said ah there's nothing important and, and yesterday she pulled me aside and she said don't you ever tell me <laughs> it's not important every speech you do is important yeah. and I thanked her for it because it was I was kind of just kind of brushing it off and thinking yeah. ah this is nothing and you know sometimes the be kind of guided in the right direction helps as well like oh yeah, yeah. somebody keeps us uh, accountable and uh, I mean speaking getting a mentor coach trainer whatever you want to call it a leader somebody mm. who can lead you is essential mm. and it's not only this thing of um, I, I still remember the first man oh Jesus I still remember him he was so brutally honest in his own little charming way, but that helped. Having someone who always gives you a pat on your back and says it's going to be, that, that's good, that was great, oh no, that was even better, that's not helping at all. No, and like when I do an evaluation, I like you don't you you obviously want someone to that they want to come back the next time and speak again. So you don't, but you have to let them know if it was terrible. You can't pretend that it was a brilliant speech, but you can spot a few things that you like so that they can work on and everything. And there's plenty of times people would ask me to be their evaluator because it's being just open and honest instead mm. of like you said, because there's a lot of people they don't they fluff it up and they make it look so brilliant mm-hmm. no matter how bad it was. Yeah. So. And then once you get out there into, say, suddenly you have a talk in front of a bunch of strangers, there's no one who will fluff you up anymore. No, no. And the, the biggest feedback you will get is when the entire audience, or say a majority audience, suddenly are on their phones, they're talking to each other, or they're just sitting there with their arms crossed, like looking at you with these blank eyes. And you, you just feel it being like, okay finish right now <laughs> that's the feedback you would get out there and that's harsh yeah, yeah. that's harsh what I uh, tell uh, people in different clubs is I said repeat the same speech in another club because yeah. you get familiar with the group around you mm-hmm. and even though it's still a kind of positive environment it's a different environment and you're looking at different eyes that don't really know you mm-hmm. and plus you can take on board comments that you've got previously and that tends to help. Do you, do you find that repeating a speech, but you, you, every speech is going to be different no matter yeah. what you do, but the, with a it, new crowd. It's a little bit different, but uh, yeah, new crowd, new country, uh, new gender, mm. new new age group. Yeah, that helps a lot. And how do you like uh, connect, like when you mention that, because sometimes you could be speaking to you know people in their 50s plus, and another time it could be teen. Uh-huh. What's your trick for actually making a connection? Do you have a trick? What way you work? Do you I try always, to find out before? <laughs> I always, uh, you know, people say, oh, you need to um, research your audience. And, oh, yeah, that sounds great. I'm always trying to do that. But with the years, I just figured out, you know, I'm coming into which right now. I'm always asking this question of, um, okay, so who's in the audience? I say, what's the average age of the audience? Is it mostly men or women? And uh, then I was trying asking, did it pay? In, in, in that case, how much on average to come? That also gives you an indication of what their motivation or expectations are. Mm-hmm. But then I have this trick of, I'm asking the organizer, what's one word you would like to summarize the event with? The, like the entire event that I will be speaking at, just one word. If it's entertaining, collaborative, interactive, dynamic, whatever they might say, but then I get an idea 
or what approach I should take, regardless of not knowing the audience or not. And then I'm asking the question, and what would you like me to give them to walk away with? One thing. And all, this is tricky because they are trying to tell you five minute long explanations of what they want from you. Mm. But it's about, okay, but one thing you want them to walk away with. And then it many times comes back to, okay, I would like them to have one practical tip on how to present with more clarity at work, for instance. Okay, this actually lowers your job a lot or makes it way easier to, make, to complete the job. Give them one tip. But make sure that there's one powerful tip there. So it's not 15 tips, yeah. which happens a lot when you're out there. And you asked me, how do you then connect with the people in the audience? Now, once I know the expectations and of the events and what the audience are coming for, then I'm just trying to see them as humans. That's my connecting humans approach. As in, there might be a 50-year-old man who is the CEO for IBM. There might be a 50-year-old woman who is the CEO for Microsoft. And they might have paychecks that are very, very high. I don't really care because one thing I know about you is that you are full of emotions. A CEO might have children. A CEO have to pay bills. A CEO have to go to the toilet, eat, breathe, sleep. All these things. So if I'm focusing on being human myself and leading with vulnerability, the more I connect with them. Mm. Very good. And like with the different events that you're doing, like uh, what's, what's the kind of longest that you've done? Have you kind of done a few day events or are they kind of couple of hours workshops and stuff? What's your typical kind of... My typical or my... <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I, I don't know your experience, so you can give me the different ones. Okay, uh, yeah, there's anything from when you're giving the 10 to 15 minute talk, which are truly... The, uh, tricky because it's so quick and you get 10 to 15 minutes to do everything in and then you have the ones where it is like a, a full day i've done the full day once and you do the full day once when there's like one day and then the next day the other day they are exhausting because here you this is where the fitness comes in a lot into being a speaker many laugh at me when i'm saying this but standing in front of this audience for you know, two times eight hours-ish, and always delivering with full energy, smiling, being able to interpret and bring, you know, read your energy, spot the, uh, spot the questions and being on point, that requires so much focus. So the fitness level is essential. If that was the no, and so so how do you keep fit? Let people know <laughs> how do I keep fit. I, like this morning, I woke up at seven at seven a.m. The first thing I do is I have a formula in my mind that I call my body, my mind, my network, my money. So I always start with in the morning first things, and brutally honest, the phone is not gonna be the first thing I do in thirty minutes. The first thing I do is I sit up in the bed. I'm not I'm not jumping up straight away. I'm just sitting up and all those dreams I'm writing down. I'm taking a little notebook I have with me and I'm writing down the dreams. So I have kind of three pointers of what I wrote in my dream. And then I'm trying to write down, what does that mean? Like, wow, what? like the weirdest of dreams. But sometimes there's a, a correlation. Mm -hmm. There's something like, oh my God, okay. I could see it, I could feel it. 
And then after that, I go up and I either take like a 10 to 15 minute light jog, walk, anything to just get moving. I will come inside doing really simple, like 20 push-ups, 20 sit-ups. Very, very simple again. After that, I get ready, like, you know, shower, brush teeth and all the stuff. And I have a breakfast. This is really how I keep fit in on a daily basis. But on top of this, I go to the gym, I have... Um, work, I go for workouts, I play football often, I do my my fitness training at least three times a week. Okay. And that gives you plenty of energy. Yeah, yeah. No, no, because it's, then it, then it's, it's, it's a, a very valid point. The yeah. whole thing of, a, you know, the body, a healthy body will take care of a healthy mind. Yeah. It isn't the opposite way around. Mm. Keeping that mind clear is crucial. And once they have a crucial, like a clear mind, I care about my network. The closest relationships I have, the closest clients I have, the warm leads that are waiting there for me, or the clients that I'm currently working with, that's the first ones that I'm caring about. I don't have a girlfriend now, but if I would have, that would be the first person I would be talking to and caring about. Because your relationship is the relationship will take care of you and further myself out there, right? And then once the relationship is taken care of, it will kind of automatically bring in more money. So then I'm just keeping in, but I'm keeping on a daily basis, like updates on my finances, cash flow and all this stuff. But this is how I'm keeping fit on a daily basis by following the, my body, my mind, my network, my money. Formula. Okay, very good. And you know, you mentioned say, doing an eight day, uh, eight hour, uh, mm -hmm. like how do you plan for that? Is it, do, you, do you have like a, like a PowerPoint that you have trigger points or how do you actually structure an eight hour speaking day? How does structure an eight hour speaking day? I am, um, I'm using a lot of interaction. The one thing that like, I have kind of 40 on 20 off kind of sessions. It's thing of, I'm always getting people to move and myself as well. Like one thing I do that do different from mine is I always bring in music. Music, we, we do anything from shaking our asses, 100% honest, we're giving hugs, we're doing eye exercises, we're high-fiving each other, we're doing group exercises, but these exercises I'm building in in between slots. So I can be talking and then I'm bringing in a slot of, okay, now we're gonna shake this, but it needs to be connected, of course, so I'm not just randomly telling people to stand up and shake. It's related somehow to that uh, transition to the, to the topic I was talking about. So how I, somehow you know, kind of building a network like a spider web and each web is connected to one another mm -hmm. and in each connection point I have a transition where I'm making people move. Um, anything, talking to, they can just stand up and talking to each other, discussing, to actually jumping up and down or running down the stairs and come up again. I, ha I might have uh, come up with some little game before, any, anything balloons you know it, it's really there but once we combine interaction with sitting down learning so it's a very positive atmosphere when we are smiling we are laughing you know the time goes past like this mm -hmm. time flies and they also recognize it like wow i did a little trick once when i said okay so how many coffee breaks did you take and they were like none i said yeah but how's the energy? 
<laughs> and they were sitting there like, oh, you. <laughs> but I did it because they just didn't think of it anymore. They didn't have to go for that coffee. It wasn't in their mind. That normally happens when people are bored and they just want to yeah. break and they just want to... We get to think. We get, we get too much time to sit down and think. That's, and, and it's not really in our interest, whatever it's talking about. But regardless, we're human beings and we can't sit down and just take in information in our minds for that long. Hmm. We gotta do something with it. Shake it up. Exactly. And like I go to a lot of events and there's plenty of hugging and eye gazing and everything and I love that. But I tried to do the hugging thing in uh, say Poland and okay. <laughs> so, so like how do you like if you have an audience that are kinda you know, it's not there even the eye gaze, a lot of people can't do the eye gazing. Yeah, so yeah. like how do you overcome or do you just kinda say this is what we're doing and they kinda have no choice? What do you what's I take the lead. I just yeah. this is what we're going to do. There's no hesitations over here. I'm putting it up there, we're putting on the, the music helps a lot. Mm. Very like even from put on some kind of dramatic deep music for the eye gazing, like looking at each other's eyes, or like TNT with ACDC for getting up there. And but this is a trick, picking songs that actually is popular to that audience group. Like me playing TNT or Thunderstruck for a group of 20-year-olds wouldn't really work yeah. as much as for those in their 50s, mm-hmm. right? And say an opposite way around. Yeah, yeah. But it always gets them moving. And I have people coming up to me saying, like, I felt like I was part of a movie. That's good feedback. Yeah. But I, I always find with people, once they do that, they, they always say, oh, if I knew I had to do that, I wouldn't have come. Of course. But they always say afterwards, I love it. And they, they will go a hundred times to something <laughs> like that because they get so much yeah. energy and the feeling from it. It's a pity it's not done more often, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah, if, if you tell them before, they will not come. And you said, like, but how do you do it? Like, I'm now in Poland, and trust me, you will feel some of it tonight. And I have been to other countries, but it's more of, you know, be taking that humble and vulnerable lead stand for it like speak with intention now we're going to do this not not like yeah okay so um now i would like you to um you know kind of let's stand up and dance shall we you see how i sound right now when you hear how i sound versus okay ladies and gentlemen right now let's get up from our seats i'm not telling you yet that we're going to dance and one second here let's put your hands out like this feel that you're holding something really heavy they are standing there feeling, okay, what are we supposed to do? Then comes the cue to music, and now shake that ass. And they're standing there kind of smiling and thinking, are you serious? But I'm already standing there shaking it, and I'm kind of going up to some people and shaking it. So, you know, the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. Once a few start doing it, are you going to be the only one not doing it? Mm-hmm. Well, very good. And do you do coaching as well? Yeah. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, I could do a lot of coaching. <laughs> um, yeah, I do coach individuals. And also coach, I go into companies to do coach, company coaching as well. But maybe I could keep it to individuals here, where it's really this thing of, I want you to start be unstoppable at what you want to do. Do more of what you truly want to do than what you think that you have to do. Many times it comes down to this point of, yeah, but how shall I start? And that's, where I'm focusing most on, how can you start doing this with excellence? Really. We have so many things in our minds that people, how, stop thinking about the how, just break down the what. What is it you would like to do? 
Well, I don't really know. Like now it's the new year and a lot of new goals. Mm. People tell me this, oh, I would love to get fitter. I'm like, that sounds fantastic. That's a nice wish to get fitter. What does nice get fitter mean? And then I would break that down, coach. But uh, in general, I have this kind of mixed coaching and mentoring approach where I take an active role next to you and really getting you going rather than come to me for one hour type of sessions mm. and then you're off by yourself for the next week. But I do coach individuals in this and I'm using techniques such as storytelling, public speaking, what we're talking about right now, great tool and a technique to use to gain confidence, as you know yourself, gain leadership, speak your thoughts, speak your mind. That's a tool I'm using. Personal branding, both online and offline. What are your values and beliefs and what is it you actually want people to see yourself as? How do you express, express, express yourself? on social media, for instance. And uh, next to that is just this thing of have fun. Mm. When we take life so serious, we don't go far, but when we loosen it up a little bit, but take it serious to live life, then it becomes better. And even with the coaching as well, having kind of like a 360 thing, because sometimes you have coaching coming in and they just talk about the business side of things. But when you're talking about the health side of things and everything, that's how people change their lives. Fitness, health, you know, working out, it's got to be there. Yeah. You can't just do one and another. Like, some people ask me this. So, Eric, are you a mindset coach? Uh, really? Like, isn't every coaching directed towards mindset? Yeah, it is. Yeah, but what type of coach? Like, a life coach. Well, you can call that too. But right now, life is everything, right? Yeah, but what type of coach are you then? Well, let's put it this way. I'm a personal branding coach, if I can put a title on it. But I'm also the guy who I'm trying to get people off using titles. People tell me, what are you doing? I give speeches and coaching to people to get them doing what they truly want to do. That's my answer many, many times. Oh, okay. So you like a life coach then. Now, if they want to put a title on it, that's fine. If they want to use it, but I didn't. I told you what I was doing. And I was told you what I was doing for you. The same thing when people tell me, oh, you are such a motivation speaker. You are a motivation speaker. I have never said it myself. I just do it that way. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, like, how can people get in contact with you? What's the best way to... Oh, I love the old fashioned. Pick up the phone and give me a call. <laughs> and yeah, okay. We're living in 2019, so I have to be honest. Instagram, LinkedIn, emails is the absolute best way to get in touch with me. And that's Eric Inspiration. That's my social handle. You can find me on Eric Inspiration with a K, since I'm super Swedish. Uh, <laughs> you can find me that way anywhere around on the web. So that's the best way. And then with the pictures that I put up and everything, I'll tag you so that they'll be able to... Oh, that's uh, excellent. Yeah. And right. maybe you might just, as we're finishing out, you might tell, like, how does a, a guy from Sweden end up in Barcelona? How do, you're, oh. Are you, like, nomadic? Or you, Am I nomadic? I have a drive for exploring the world, I believe. And I am... So not for the cold. <laughs> I love the heat. <laughs> so Barcelona came to me as in, okay, I love it. It's warm. It's cold. I know it's not that cold, but to see the mountain, the airport, the, the, the vibe, it's still a largest big city. Uh, how did I get there? Well, 
I followed through on my own thoughts and ideas, although literally everyone around me, including family, was like, okay, are you sure? Be careful. We don't want you to get hurt. You can't do this. I've heard that most of my life, that you can't do that. But I always kind of sat down and thought to myself, like, yeah, I won't do that. I want to give it a try. Like, now I'm giving speeches. People thought, like, are you crazy? Giving speeches? Who's going to pay you for giving a speech? Eric? You, you don't have experience giving speeches. What education have you taken? How, do you have like five, Do you have a master's degree in how to give speeches? <laughs> I'm like, that's bullshit. You don't have a master's degree in speeches. Nobody's going to hire you for that. But I do have like 13 years of experience taking charge of myself, getting out there, traveling the world. Now, Barcelona is my ninth country that I've lived in. Oh, nice. This is what gives me the credibility because of the experience. So that's how I'm doing what I'm doing now. Why I'm doing it. I just have had this feeling of, I really want to live. There are many things that are happening in my life and I'm watching others around me. You switch on the news one day and the only thing you see is drama, death and negativity. I just felt like, come on. I love it when people give me a smile on the street, even a stranger, and saying hi. I have an easy solution for that. I learned it years ago. Yeah? I don't switch on the news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have the same one. And Because uh, like, uh, we actually mentioned it uh, on our journey here, uh, like about payment, uh, people getting paid for speeches oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So you might tell, you know, because some people, they think, oh, I learned how to speak and I can get 30,000 yeah. to speech. Yeah, yeah. You might let people know what's the actual... Okay, yeah, that, but this is a very good question. Like, how do I do that? You know, how do I get out and all this? It's really about give more than you take or mm. give first and take second by being genuine. There's so many... Like, I remember how I was asking to a meeting and said, okay, can you give us tips on how to be, get more speaking gigs and getting paid? Because, of course, we all need to, to live on money, right? First of all, it comes to you. Your own relationship to money is a deep one to look at. I had a very bad relationship to money. It has been since I was a little, it's in my family, how our relationship to money is like. So when people ask me to do something, I don't think, or I didn't think that I was worthy to be paid to do it. This is a mindset that is not gonna help me at all, mm. right? Yeah. So it starts right there. Start having a great relationship with money. Get a coach, get a mentoring on getting a better relationship with money. Second after that is, well, show up. Get out there, go to networking events, do whatever, and start talking. It doesn't have to be big from the beginning. I don't think any speaker that in this planet started in front of a thousand people. Everybody doesn't want to speak in front of a thousand people either, but it's thing of, we start small. I started with my own small workshops, my own small events for like six to eight people. That's why I started. Okay. But in these events, people started still like, oh, he's good. He's very good. And now they start asking, how much do you charge? I remember now, if my relationship to money is bad, that question prompts an answer that's going to be like, well, you know, maybe, what do you think? 100 euros, something like this. And then they will feel like, okay, because we have this thing today, expensive means good, cheap means not so good. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's good yeah, right. But now, and I started with thinking, how long is the speech? Say one hour. 
And then I said, okay, I can break it down. So one hour, say, I charge you 80 euros. That's how I started. Until again, someone who is much further ahead of me, who's already delivered better results, the results that I wanted, just sent me a message. I think it was LinkedIn and said, don't charge for the hour because you will have to prepare. You have to deliver. You have to take care of everything afterwards. It's not an hour job. Charging per hour is not helping. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, that's true. Charge for the result you want to, or they want to receive. Don't care if it's 15 minutes. It doesn't matter. And now I'm charging, say, I'm going into a company and individuals, of, of course, differs because of the different payment structures and how they're invoicing. But now I'm thinking, do you want to learn how to change your life in a 30-minute speech for me? And you have come to this event and say you paid 300 euros to be there. You're seriously committed to learn how to change your life, if that's one thing. Or if you want to learn how to use LinkedIn and you paid, say, 160 euros for one hour on learning how to do this, and I know that I can help you do this, and the result by you doing this would be tremendous. You can start charging for your business and so forth. I am going to charge you a couple of hundred euros for that, for sure. I think I have a rate that goes over a thousand euros for speeches as well. Mm. But it all comes down to what's the result you want. How committed are you to get what you want? And there will be people saying, no, that's too much. And of course, then you have to say no. But there will be people saying, okay, that's fine. That's exactly what I was expecting from you. Coming down to this thing of, with you, with your experience, your quality, your own character. But that comes a little bit later. And that's why it's so important that we all, when say you start speaking and so forth, show your entire character relentlessly at all times people are watching it and it's for the quality they will finally come back to you and say like i love how you do that can you please come and then you can charge again going back to the first step what's your relationship to that money though don't underestimate that one i love it that's an excellent answer Alright, so the tip is don't charge for the hour, please don't charge for the hour, think of the result, the preparation, all these things you like take in to deliver that result, take that into consideration. Yeah. And like even as you're building before you even charge, you're just giving oh, your heart yeah. out, you're giving value constantly. And yeah. like I've noticed that actually, like every time I'm doing this, I, I, always, I always think of will this benefit to people? I don't do a yeah. speech for the sake of speech. And I see that so much times and it makes me cringe. People are doing a speech to go through a project or whatever. They yeah. don't really care about the other people. But I think as long as you're constantly thinking of the audience and like you get plenty of opportunities, yeah. like a lot of, like I guess. 20 to 30 opportunities of people who want to do business with me just because they see how I am yeah. and my ethics and everything and it's yeah. the same with the speaker if you plan on charging so what you just said is fantastic so. and you see too right when there's a person standing up there in front of you it doesn't matter if it's just in a little meeting room or in front of on a big stage who cares about him or herself more mm. than you and doing that I know there are way too many people on this planet that speak before they think they speak about things that they shouldn't speak about. I take my argument 100% down on that one. Communication skills is like the second highest demand today. And we talk in communication skills often face-to-face because we are so disconnected from doing that. But then again, how many times 
I mean, how many how many events aren't there around the world where people, there's, there's a speaker? There are many, right? Yeah. But how come then that the majority of these events, people find them annoying or a waste of time? Yeah. They are boring. How come that that's happening if there are so many events with speakers on? Because speakers aren't that good. Or else they have a sneaky pitch they're coming across. Yeah. And then at the end they're going, we've only got 20 sales for this thing. And after the 20 is gone and you'll see 50 people and they're still selling and when I see that I oh, lose okay. total respect okay. for a speaker when they're doing the kind of takeaway approach You've, yeah. yeah I mean like, speaking to sell of, is of course I mean we do speak to sell in one yeah. way we definitely do I mean my, my main business after the speaking comes to my own events where you're signing up for a smaller um, coaching session and so forth so we will have to have that ability to feel comfortable again to sell ourselves when we stand there speaking but what you said here I think is if you're saying that you're selling for 20 spots and then you're spotting there that oh maybe I can get a little bit more and you're starting to go for 50 yeah that's when it's that's when your character is starting to be diluted really yeah. quick I can feel that one yeah and like I'm just curious about the that as well because I see sometimes like a, a speakers on stage and they're talking away and then at the end they go in for the yeah whereas I believe if you have something to sell like to say it up front and just say or mm -hmm. in between and everything rather than the, what, what's your own kind of approach to that I can say like first of all I had a real hard time doing that from the beginning I was told Eric you need to sell yourself better I just gave and gave and gave that's a really toxic way of working you'll never get anything back mm -hmm. because if you can get things for free you will take it for free right of course yeah. um, my way of doing this is I'm genuinely 100% genuinely starting with I'm just gonna give you something here. I know I want to give you something here. I want it. I want you to walk away from this. But then at the end, I do also have this thing of, and you would like to commit to take this further. If you find this truly interesting for yourself, like even this podcast right here, if you think this is what could benefit you towards getting your goals defined or, and getting them done, then get in touch. Please, I would love to be that one who kick your ass, honestly. But see, this is my sales pitch right there. Oh, that's cool. Without that, being yeah, like, no. oh, ladies and gentlemen, you get a 20% off if you're signing up in the next two hours exactly. after this podcast. Exactly. This is just not, it's worked a lot in the 90s, early 2000s. It worked a lot. That's how we were selling at that time. But today, the world has transformed. It has changed into this thing of build relationships. It's such a high focus on that. Meaning, we will have to be more authentic. We have to be more vulnerable. So I don't want to force you to do this anymore. I want you to take that choice yourself. But, but I love it. When, when someone does it like that, I love it. Because if I see you're giving value, like even before this, you were just doing a few different things. I could see you can give great value in just in the content that you've given. For me, if I was in the audience and I didn't know you, I would sign up for something. Because the way you just said it. Yeah. But, you know... Prior to that, where people do the kind of oh, they've got a, yeah. a, a software program to buy or something like that, and yeah, yeah, and if they believe in it, it's. Uh, I, I went to, I had a um, vocal coaching session just the other day, and she said the same things that I've been thinking so long. Connect your words with your emotions. Don't impose by trying to lean forward or lean back and all this stuff. You don't have to shout. You don't have to do anything. If you connect what you're saying with an intention, meaning your emotions, and you say it, like, I really would like to help you because uh, if you believe in this, I really would like to help you. That's my intention. 
I'm believing in this. I have connected to my emotions. But if I'm not connected to my emotions now, I would be, okay, and because this is the greatest program out there, and then you can get it, and then you can purchase like 1,200 euros. But now comes the question, you will feel me straight away. Is it really the greatest program out there? Do you believe it's the greatest program out there? It doesn't sound like that. And then it comes across, then it comes across as salesy. And like you, you mentioned about the vocal teaching there, huh? uh, like you're a very experienced speaker and you're still sharpening your saw. Oh yeah. And I just like people to realize that, that you don't just kind of, like I heard of one guy, he was speaking in Toastmasters for two years, took a year off, came back and expected to be at the same level. Mm. And he said he bombed. But like I'm the same, I do a lot of courses. I just constantly want to yeah. improve. But it's brilliant to hear that you're actually you know, doing a vocal call. My, my plan this year is to take singing lessons because I think that Ooh, will help me. Oh, you're with the same track <laughs> as me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it will help me project my voice. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm the same. I have been talking about taking improv sessions for a while just to get this entertaining bit even more out there. Singing classes has been on my agenda as well. But what happened was actually I've been talking about this and at one point last year I lost my voice before I had to go to Geneva and give a talk. And I was like, oh my God. And I said that on my Instagram. And it was one of my followers who is taking acting and vocal classes who just said, hey, I can help you if you want. Do you want to have a chat? I'm like, wow. Like, this is where you see how if you are genuine about every part, not every part, but parts of your life so that people can really see that you are honest, you are authentic. You're just not saying it as a trendy word. They offer you the help. And I know myself, like, taking singing classes. Of course, it would help me to breathe better. And that vocal session with her, yeah. There's so much technique out there, and of course, I have that rule in mind that if I'm going to help you to be unstoppable and living a fulfilling life yourself, I'm going to try to do that for myself as well. And I want to be, I just want to sharpen that act, as you said. Mm -hmm. Speaking, I need to find a way of being a better speaker. Coaching, I'm getting coaching myself on how can I coach myself better, how can I understand myself better, and then how can I coach others better. Again, there are many people out there, self-proclaimed experts, specialists, coaches, who have spent a few hours on an online course, and that's it. I know that, yeah. and, it's, and they're the ones that actually charge the most sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They speak a lot and charge a lot, but I read this book from, uh, uh, what's his name, Think, Think and Grow Rich, and he, said, yeah, he says it in there too, like, there are a lot of people speaking out there today, but be careful. The more they speak, the less they know. Exactly. Yeah, there's some people they are going to talk promoting business and stuff like that that have never worked in a business. Yeah. And that's, that's how they make money, going around on a speaking stage. Yeah. The way I, I look at it is I try to look at the person that's coaching me. And, you know, if they're, have they got a great relationship with their kids or yeah, with their spouse? Exactly. You know, are they healthy looking? Because yeah. sometimes you'll see a doctor telling you about health and they're obesive. And so you just look at the person and just look, are they really genuine? Are they nice? Yeah. And then they're perhaps the right coach yeah. for you. And it's as much as in this podcast, I have been making a number of arguments myself that I know some people out there will not like it. They will not like it. And just like you said in the car, 
some people who love you or hate you. Exactly. Get comfortable with the idea. That's just truth. Get comfortable with the idea that there will be people not liking you. Exactly. And yep, I stand up for what I say. You don't like it? Okay. There are other people on this planet who say what you would like to hear. Go with that. Exactly. Perfect. Listen, it's been fantastic. Thank you very much. And I look forward to you speaking tonight in the club. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a... Uh, I'm going to turn to turn off the heat in this country. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ryan. Awesome. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed the episode that I had with Eric. Um, tonight I'm actually going to deliver a social speech as part of one of my projects and the club has asked can they uh, play it live which I've agreed but I've also decided I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to do a speech that I've never done and I'll tell you more about it next week so as mentioned previously you'll find us on Facebook Instagram YouTube at speaking podcast and you'll get some tips and tricks on each one of them. Our website is speakingpodcast.com and be sure to share and give a positive review. Thank you very much for listening.